What is up, everybody, and welcome to Bridge Youth. We are so stoked that you're here. It's gonna be an awesome, awesome Wednesday night, and service at 7 p.m. is starting in just five minutes. We like to ask you guys, if you can, to just please use the bathroom before or after service, so if you need to use the bathroom, now is the perfect time. Hey, we're so stoked that you're here. You're instantly family to us, and we cannot wait for service to start in just five minutes. Hey, what's up, Bridge Youth? Service is starting in just two minutes, so you're gonna wanna start making your way to your seat. We wanna also ask everybody, if you can, please go to your settings and turn the airdrop off on your phone. And shout out to everybody watching online, our online family. You guys are just as much as part of the family as everybody that's in the room right now. We absolutely love everybody who calls Bridge Youth home. So say what's up in the comments if you're online. We're so stoked for tonight. It's gonna be an awesome, awesome Wednesday night. So go ahead, find your seat. Service starting in just two minutes, and we cannot wait to get this service started with you all.
yo, yo. Welcome, welcome. I didn't know if it was on. I didn't do a mic check. What's got? What's happening, guys? What's up? What's up? Yeah. Sorry, came out. Just scream as loud as you can in the microphone. Is it on? Okay. Yeah, it's on. All right, there it is. There it is. Yo, what's up, Bridge what's Youth? What's up, guys? What's up, Bridge Youth? How y'all doing tonight on Yo. this fine Wednesday evening? The sun's out. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. We got more. We got a little bit more sunlight, so. Uh, yeah. But Is I've that... been tired. I've been sleeping a lot more. Dude. But if you guys are new here, you're the coolest person in the room. The we are coolest. so grateful you are here and spending your Wednesday with us. So, yes, sir. Yeah. All let's right. get into announcements. I thought we were going to family time first. Oh, you're right, Yo, you're right. Yo. Look at me trying to do Caught it off the slipping. cuff. Caught him slipping. All oh right, all gosh. right. So we're going to go into this thing called family time where we just go meet new people, go meet new homies here. Yep. And what's the question for today? So the question was actually brought to you by Josie West. Josie West. It's going to be, what is the difference between, between, between. coats and jackets? Coats and jackets. What's I said the difference? coats are a little UK ting. They're all what? A UK team. UK team. Uh, a little UK team. <laughs> all right, go meet somebody new and ask them or tell them what the difference between a jacket and a coat. Yup. Coats Foggy. No, you're, you're good. I was just saying it's foggy. That's it. it, it no, no, it's super. Like I can't it's even so see the foggy. back rows. It's like, foggy. I can't even see. Like the lights are just blinding. The weekend. It's so foggy. I really can't see. It's like past the the fourth row. I can't see anybody's face. Even past the first row. I can't see anybody's face. It's it's crazy. <laughs> All right, guys. What's now, up? What's up? I was testing y'all. I wanted to see if you guys wanted to do family time. Now we're gonna get into announcements. Yeah, we are. First announcement, guys. Everybody, pull out your tele telephone. Pull out your iPhone pull or Android. And turn off your AirDrop. AirDrop. We just want to make sure everybody's on that same page. A youth group with their AirDrop off is a good youth. Uh, good youth group. Yeah, that's sure true. Is. That is true. That'll preach. Yes, sir. What's the second one, Quentin? And while you guys have your phones out. 
go ahead and hop over to Instagram. This is the only time you can. Go over and follow us at our social medias on our Instagram and TikTok Easy. at bridgeYTH underscore. Do not forget the underscore. And it our is YouTube, a major thing. Our YouTube hit over 300 oh, yeah, subs too. So that's Come a little now. bit of an accomplishment ourselves. Hey, are we getting more content up? That, yeah, we yeah, we need to put more yeah, content. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the thing. <laughs> if you got, hey, if anybody wants to help create content, join media Come team. Come on out, join we'll us. Need to help. Join right, the guys. dark side. <laughs> Sunday services. Guys, make sure you guys are plugged in on Sundays. We are in person or online. 9.30 and 11.30, and Easter's coming up, so you already know, spend it with your church family. Yes, sir. All right. So tonight is our last night of our Q&A. So if you have any last-minute questions, just send it over to the Instagram. Yep. And they're going to talk about it tonight. You know, it's good. Some good Easy. information, guys. I'm yep. telling you. And next week, we will be concluding this series. Guys, I know I love this series. If you guys love this series, no? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's been a great series. I don't know what the series is. It's a surprise to me, too. It's been a great series, but... Okay, it is a statement, though. It was a great series. <laughs> that's true, that's okay, true. Okay, Corey, my bad, hey, dude. New series but, next week. We don't know what it is. Fi come next week to find out. Come next week. You never but know. Next week, we got our, our series finale, and yeah, it's been great. That's true, that's true. All right, so what's next, Ivan? Worship. So, guys, everybody, bring your mask. Put your mask on in the front. Guys, get hype. We're yeah, going to be hyped. getting lit during worship, so yeah, come on up. Don't forget that mask. All right, let's do it.
thank you for tonight. Thank you for your presence in this place. As we come before you, let us sing.
Jeremiah chapter 29 tells us, And when you call on me and come and pray to me, I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I'm going to read verse 13 one more time. He says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God wants us to seek him with all our heart. I think in this day and age, I mean, I'm part of your guys' generation, and I truly can say I don't think we know what it is to seek anything with our whole heart. Our attention is divided. Our affection is divided. There's endless resources, endless people, endless anything that's vying for our attention all the time. But to pursue God with everything within us, to surrender it all, not pieces, not portions, not fragments, but to lay it all on the table and say, Lord, everything, I would give it all just to find you, just to seek you, just to know you. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's worth it every single time. Whatever it is, there might be dreams in your heart. There might be some pain in your heart. There might be some healing that needs to take place. But I promise you, the Lord promises you, Jeremiah 29, 13, when you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. He will meet you and everything, every time that you lay out in front of God, he will use for his glory. And I think that's just the beauty of the gospel. Amen. Can I pray with you guys? Dear Lord, we come before you right now, Father. And I just pray over every single person in this building right now, Lord. I pray that you would instill in us the boldness and the courage to lay out everything we are in front of you. Father God, to be vulnerable, to be intimate with you, Father God. I pray that right now, Lord Jesus, that you would search us and find any impure ways within us, Lord. That you would seek our entire hearts, Father God. You would see everything within us, Lord. And in turn, we would surrender it all to you, Lord. I pray that no one in this room, Father God, would leave tonight having given you just a piece or a portion or a fragment of who they are. But Lord, we can all leave this building and say, when we go home tonight, we've truly given you everything we are, Lord God. Our entire hearts belong to you. And it is in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys, we are so, so, so stoked you guys are here with us. We are in week three of Q&A, and it's just been an incredible series so far. Corey and Amber, JJ, I mean, well, that guy, whatever. Anyways, Corey and Amber have so much wisdom that we can glean from. And I can, I mean, for myself, I know for everyone in this room, I can say that it's just been incredible to hear their hearts and everything they have experienced and just pass it on to us. Um, yeah, so we're stoked to be here. Thank you guys for joining us, for being part of this family. Um, you guys can head back to your seats. And as you do so, 
in honor of our Irish friends, can you say we're going to have a wee bit of fun tonight? My wife doesn't like coffee. Uh -huh. What would you do? She secretly didn't like punk. About one of our bridge youth boys dating your sister. You're going on your first date. Uh -huh. Who are you choosing? JJ, yeah. would you wear trash shoes for the rest of your life if it meant marrying the girl of your dreams? Mm. Sure, I would. It'd be hard, but yes, I would. But she has phenomenal shoe game. I'm fitting my little piggies into her <laughs> shoes. <laughs> if she's got nice shoes, I'm gonna put my little toes in there. <laughs> what would you do if Amber told you she secretly didn't like punk? And she told you it in a way where she was like weeping. Like she just confessed the dirtiest little sin. <laughs> what you say, dirtiest little sin? It would be weird because, like, when we first started dating, it was literally like we agree on nothing but Jesus and music, and so it'd almost be like the foundation of our relationship is built on a lie. Ivan, how do you feel about one of our bridge youth boys dating your sister? Oh, that, oh that's a good question. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Your little sister. <laughs> Burn him. You're a good man. You're going on your first date and you have a super tech earpiece in your ear for one of us to talk to you and give you advice and talk you through it along the way. Uh -huh. Who are you choosing? Who am I choosing amongst you? Out of JJ, Corey, and Ivan. <gasps> the forbidden question. <laughs> I think I'll go with JJ. Yeah! I think Corey would give the best advice. I think JJ would give the funniest advice and probably making me laugh would be the best. Like making me like giggle would probably be the best thing in that moment. So at mine and Amber's renewal of vows service, <laughs> what song do you think Amber would walk down the aisle to? There wouldn't be a song because when it says anybody objects, I say hi! <laughs> Corey, what would be my ideal first date? Ivan's ideal first date would be on the slopes, dude. Like, yes. we would be hitting the freaking slopes on a fresh powdery day. And <laughs> he would be teaching her how to, like, how to snowboard and everything. And, and then if it doesn't work out, he just pushes her off the lift. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what ethnicity slash race do you see my future wife being? <laughs> I think my man JJ. He's a he's a man of culture. Come on. Um, I can see JJ with a beautiful Puerto Rican woman. Oh. Yeah. I can see, a, or maybe Cuban. Maybe Cuban if he's feeling spicy. You know. Hundred percent. Latin X. Uh, Latinos. <laughs> what advice would Corey, me, or JJ give you? JJ would speak to me in our native tongue. <laughs> Corey would give me something very wise and relevant to say, and Ivan would just quote memes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so obviously I'm already married, but out of Kenneth, Ivan, and JJ, 
who do you think would get married first? On the count of three, shout it out. One, two, three, go. What you know about us? What's up, Bridge Youth? How you guys doing tonight? Hey. Who said JJ would get married first? Who thinks Ivan? Who thinks Kenneth Macau? <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, thank you so much for joining us tonight, you guys, whether you're here in the room or maybe you're watching online. We just want to say welcome. We want to give a, a special welcome to anybody who's joining us for the very, very first time. Met a couple new people right before service, and I just have to say we love, love, love meeting new people. Um, you got your microphones on? Microphone on, JJ? Yes, I do. Be beautiful bride of 11 years. Microphone on? It's on. We like to welcome our guests every single week by saying this. It never gets old. We like welcoming, welcoming them by saying we are here to build you up, not beat you up. Yeah, we love you. We back you. Uh, you don't have to believe to belong here. We're stoked that you are here. I'm so excited for tonight. Um, earlier, Ivan said it as a statement. He said, but here's the question. Who has been enjoying this series? Come on. I know I have. It's been a lot of fun preaching. Uh, we did not plan to do three weeks in a row of Q&A, but you guys just sent so many questions in that we really wanted to uh, um, give it the time that, that we feel that it deserves. So here we are, last week of Q&A. Um, if you are new and maybe you've only been here the last three weeks, make sure you show up next week. We are going, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to preach a sermon next week. I'll, I'll uh, speak a message to conclude this series, and then we're jumping into a brand new series the week after. Entitled, should I tell them the title, JJ, of the next series? Oh, it's going to be a good one. We're going into a brand new series entitled Growing Pains. It's going to be a good, good series. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Um, tonight we are doing a Q&A um, we like to call it Q&R a little bit because we might not have an answer, but I promise we will have a response. Really quick, just because so many people had asked me last week um, what sweater I was wearing, our very, very own Kenneth Macau and Isaiah Vega launched a clothing company. Inside. Everyone kept asking, Fox Rain? Fax rain, uh, and I was like, no foe, and like foe, yeah, rain, foe, rain, foe, foreign. Oh my gosh, these artsy fartsy kids these <laughs> days. Tell you what, they did launch a new uh, clothing brand that they just really feel God has led them to, and they believe that it'll be um, something that an avenue in which they can glorify God. Uh, it launched last night at midnight, and I don't know where we stand now, but as of this afternoon, there were only 20 articles of merch left, give or take. Uh, so if you're like, dang, like they're looking good. Amber's not wearing the long. Amber's not wearing the long sleeve. Kenneth's wearing long sleeve. You see a handful of people wearing uh, some stuff. You're like, man, that's really cool. I'd love to. I'd love to check that out. Uh, Foreign.com. There's 20 pieces of merch left. You may have to get it while I'm sitting here talking, okay? Just before we get to the bulk of the, the message and the Q&A, just go foreign.com, order something real quick and all of that. But um, we just love that there's so much creativity here at Bridge Youth. We have so many young people who just glorify God in, in unique and awesome ways. We have a couple young girls who run an Instagram ac account called Finding Faith, and I know a ton of us follow it and encouraged by it. Read something on there earlier today. I was just super, super encouraged by. Super rad. We have another um, one of our very own named Masoma who runs 
a company called Misfit Apparel. Super cool. If you've ever seen me wearing um, that shirt, that's kind of a little hippie vibe that says Make Heaven Crowded. That's her, uh, that's her clothing brand. We just love that so many young people are saying, you know what? Like God's given me creativity yeah. and I want to use it to glorify yeah. him. And so, man, we just absolutely love that. You guys are the best bridge youth and we love you so much. Wednesday, where's, by the way, where's Connor really quick? Where are you, Connor? Connor, you're a good man, all right? You are a good man. No one's going to burn you. You're a good man and a hooper. At heart. You are a fantastic hooper as well. You're just not allowed to play on anybody else's team while I'm present, okay? You have to be on my team. <laughs> Monday we were playing and someone was like, Connor's on our team. I was like, no, 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 no. He was the first overall draft for the, for the uh, Temecula Corys, all right? He's on my team. Um, but hey, we're super stoked for tonight. It's going to be a fun, fun night. Before we hop into Q&A, let's pray. That rhymed. What a bar. God, <laughs> I pray that tonight that you would speak um, as we talk. I pray that um, God put questions in, in students' hearts that uh, maybe wouldn't even only benefit them, but, but benefit the whole room and even those watching online. And God, just um, uh, give them the, even the courage to, to jump over to our Instagram account and send those questions in. God, I pray that tonight that truth would prevail. God, I pray that many would come to know you through this really simple kind of casual format. God, I pray that in Jesus' name, uh, foreign would sell out the rest of their merch tonight before midnight. And God, I also do pray in Jesus' name that the New England Patriots would stop getting all the players in free agency and that they would never again win another Super Bowl. Please bless your team, the Las Vegas Raiders. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. amen, amen, amen. It was a struggle of a couple days for me, you guys. It's tough. Pray for your pastor, ladies and gentlemen. Um, how's everybody doing today? <laughs> Woo! Who's back in school? I always got to ruin the mood real quick. Let me kill the vibe. One, two, Wait, isn't three. it spring break for some people? Who's no? on spring break? On no spring break? Oh, Merce. Nice. Our guy, Drew Brees. He retired. Okay. He hung it up, man. It's not about football. It's about Jesus. But Drew Brees is a good man, and I loved him. Okay, speaking of spring break, who's going to party during it? Exactly. No, sir. We're watching Jason. you. We're looking at all of you online. Just kidding. We're sending increased grace, increased all the more. Amen. All right. But on a real note, guys, we're so excited to be doing a week three of our Q&A, Q&R um, it's been dope. It's been absolutely amazing. We love your guys' questions, even the funny questions that don't make it to the uh, live, as you can say. But it's been amazing. And so if you guys have any questions you want to think of during um, the message or during the Q&A, send them over to our Instagram. We're going to have a little Q&A box. Ask a question. Um, and if it's box is too small for your question, just slide up. Um, <laughs> just slide up and <laughs> just send a question. I have so many jokes in my head that the Lord stops me from saying. All right. Praise God. We're going to start off with some warm-up questions. We like to call them five questions in five minutes. The first week we did five questions in 50 minutes. The second week we did five questions in 15 minutes. And this week we're going to do five questions in an hour. So Five questions. And we could do it in five minutes. These are great questions, though. These are believe, believe in us, JJ. Come on. Hey, by faith, one is justified. Okay. So first question. What's the first thing a godly guy slash girl notices about a girl slash guy, question mark? What is the first thing that a godly guy or girl notices about a guy or girl? That's a great question. Um, if I say looks, it sounds shallow. 
if I don't say looks, I'm a liar. Uh, so, uh, yeah, like, take care of yourselves, you know. Do, look, do your hair. Um, gentlemen, guys in the room, wear deodorant. That right, we could pray, close down service, and you got your worth in gold for tonight's service. Wear cologne. Don't shower in Axe body spray. Wear cologne. All the ladies said amen. amen. Yeah. Um, but all the while, stay modest. Present yourself in such a way that glorifies God. I'll say this, just for the ladies, a little bit of like just random, maybe unspiritual uh, answer. One of the first things guys like really look for and notice is like, is she cool? Like, is she, is she fun to hang out with? Do the boys get along with her? Because, like, if the boys don't get along with her and she's boring and she, you can't hang out with her and she's always just, the guys are like, uh-uh, no way, no how. And then I would say this as well. Um, one of the first things that a godly guy, a godly girl, sees in somebody is, are they going to bring me closer to God or pull me yeah. further away from him? Yep. Good stuff. I would say you notice how they treat those around them because that says so much about them. I'm going to keep it simple. That's a great response. Corey brought up Axe. If you are a dude, let me just, and you use six in one, where it's like <laughs> shampoo, body wash, motor oil, and everything in between, you need to repent and find yourself at the mercies of our good father, okay? Lord, have mercy. say that. Six in one, goodness gracious. The only thing that should be three in one is our God, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh. Theology jokes. Yep. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Second question. JJ had his coffee today. Yeah, I did have some coffee. Irish cream cold brew, please. Okay. <laughs> Second question is thinking, <laughs> I love this question. Is thinking guys or girls are hot a sin? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> Poll the audience. What do you guys think? Is thinking is thinking guys or girls hot a sin? Yes or no? No. Huh. <laughs> A little bit of a mixed response there. Um, here's what I say. No, that's how God created you. Guys, God yeah. created you to look at, look at a certain lady and go, wow, she is pretty. <laughs> Ladies, God created you to, to see that guy hold the door open for you like a gentleman and go, hmm, he sure is handsome. Like, that is God, how God created you. Now, if... Um, and, and, of course, we're talking about uh, God created you to enjoy the beauty of uh, others within parameters and boundaries and with respect and with honor, all of that. And then I would go on to say that if the only thing that you ever notice about somebody is their outward appearance, yes, you are on the border of being shallow. And not only that, you are really robbing yourself of um, experiencing the full beauty of a person, and there, and that will absolutely down the road lead to bigger, um, uh, bigger issues. It'll it'll cause issues in your life and probably lead you down a road of sin. So, is it a sin? No. Can it lead to sin? Yes. Good stuff. Okay, so in Genesis two, when God makes Eve, Adam is like stoked on how beautiful she is and how he's excited he when he sees her. So no, it's not a sin. Um, I think it starts a connection and it shouldn't be the depth of the connection. Wow. Your responses are so much more poignant and great I'm locking tonight. it in. Locking it in tonight. I'm trying to do yeah. five questions in five minutes, not 15. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> and you look super hot too. 
Wow, doing it. So, Mom, yeah, on you. Yikes. Oh, shoe came on tight. Live in front of the kids. Okay. Third question. Sorry. Is, sex <laughs> is sexual desire a sin? The question was, uh, ask it again. We want to hear exact context. Okay. <laughs> please don't, please don't say it in like a super like sexy Hispanic accent, JJ. <laughs> this is not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to simply repeat the question. Thank you very much. Okay. With that being said, is sexual desire a sin? Question that is a great question. Um, I answered the first question by saying, no, that's how God created you. I'll begin this question by also saying, no, that's how God created you. And, and I'm going to talk about a verse a little bit later on another question if we get to it tonight, where uh, the Bible talks about how everything is beautiful within its season, in its season, in its, everyone say in. in. Okay, so in its season, which to me, that just provokes the thought that outside of its season, it's not beautiful. And to me, the opposite of beautiful would be destructive. So um, when it comes to sexual desire, I'm sorry, junior high boys. I know it's like, move on. We will in just a second. Let's continue skating on this extremely thin ice for a moment, all right? Um, no, it's not a sin. I just believe that um, it is absolutely, um, this is a gift from God, but if it's God-given, it should be God-governed. So we should just follow it based on his parameters, his boundaries. Where do you find those, Corey? In the word of God. Yeah. God created intimacy. Sexual desire is a part of it. It is not the whole thing. And I think in our culture, we get into these cheap relationships where sexual desire is the only thing and it's not going to last. It's not, it's not going to bring depth into the relationship. It's not going to bring that godly intimacy because godly intimacy is much more than sexual desire. But sexual desire is not a sin because it's a part of godly intimacy within the context of scripture and how God lays it out for us. The last thing I'll say with this, because it's five questions in five minutes, is that if you are not married, you need to, like, as that desire presents itself, you need to, like, there's this, there's this like, pedal to the left of the gas. It's called the brake. There's one more called the clutch. Forget about that. Most of you won't ever know what that is, okay? But there's a brake. You need to, like, pump that thing, like, and slow down, turn around, and, you know... We'll leave it at that until you're in, until you're in college and we're ready to have that conversation. <laughs> I don't like the way you turned and looked into my eyes. It kind of scared me. Kind of made me uncomfy. Anyways, fourth question. Who should I talk to? This is a great question. Who should I talk to about relationships, sex, and dating if my parents won't talk to me, talk with me? That's a great question. And I think the key key part of that is if my parents won't talk to me because I know you guys your parents are so lame and they don't know anything and they're so out of touch and out of date but like especially if you have Christian parents especially if your parents are Christian and still married like to each other and that means they know a thing or two about dating and relationships and all that so yes talk to them if you are in a situation um, similar to how Amber and I grew up where you come from a broken home and maybe your parents aren't believers and you want godly perspective on relationship and this stuff, um, number one, I would say this is so like the most cliche answer a pastor could ever give you, but I'm going to give you this answer anyways because it's so valuable. Talk to God about it. Yeah. Pray about it. 
Next, I would tell you, talk to some godly people and some leaders in your life. A lot of people in this room would love to talk to you about this stuff. Um, one of our biggest hopes about Q&A is that it would um, be the beginning of deeper conversations yeah. that happen in more private and, and smaller settings. Yeah, and you know, you talk about talking to God about it and how it can be cliche. Well, in Proverbs 2, 6, it says, for the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So yes, God has our wisdom. He has our knowledge. He has our understanding. Um, but what I'll say, I'll try to be quick. What I'll say is that I think you should maybe have the courage to ask some questions um, of your parents. Yeah. Maybe, you know, they're human. Maybe they're not, they're like trying to figure out when the right time is to like bring this stuff up. And maybe they're a little nervous. We'll have the courage to ask them some questions. Don't put it all on them. Like, hey, you're growing up and you're thinking about these things. So I want to encourage you to go to them maybe and, um, and step up in that way. I think that'd be really cool. And, I, and I'm sure that most of your parents would be like, wow, they asked me these things. And they'll probably want to talk to you about it. And it'll actually be a, probably a crazy cool blessing in your relationship with your parents. So I'd encourage you to do that. For the love of God, don't Google it. Nope. <laughs> Everybody said yeah. amen. Amen. Cool. Fifth question, is it okay, or fifth and final question at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this question, goodness gracious, I've debated someone on this dumb question. Smart question. What? <laughs> it was, you know what I mean. Anyways. You'll hear my response, so yeah, I'm on is, the same page. Is it okay for non-married couples to live together? I'm going to give an amber response to this. No, it's not. I don't believe it honors God, and I believe it ultimately sets you up for failure and robs you of certain things in your future marriage. It's not living in God's will. And when you're living in God's will, God brings blessing to that relationship. God brings provision to that relationship. God, you know, brings favor in that relationship. It's like, why would you want to live outside of God's will? And, um, you know, like Corey was saying, be robbed of, like, that moment where when you get married, you move in and you have all these, like, first times. Like, first time we, like, woke up next to each other. Like, that's a special moment. Like, the first time we, like... Uh, brushed our teeth together. I don't know, all these like silly little things are actually pretty cool and amazing little things that kind of happen. They could be a little annoying too. Don't Sometimes you're like, oh, your breath smells. Gosh, first time I smelled that. Don't you know, use usually my you're all ready by the. What? Never use my toothbrush. Oh, yeah. I caught her using my toothbrush one time. I don't mad. think it's weird, but okay. It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm not I, cool I, with I, it. I, I and we're admit. married. And I'm still not cool with it. We. <laughs> I will admit it is weird, but to me it's not is weird. weird. So it is weird. You probably think I'm weird, but that's okay because that's. Who just thinks me. it's weird? Who thinks Ooh. it's not weird? Ooh. In your it's face! Like, you know what? You know me a little bit more now. There you go. Yes. And, and like I said, sometimes it's weird and annoying, and but it's still you get to experience it's together fun. as a first. <laughs> Can I just really quick say this? I know that the reason that most people, Christians, will try to justify moving in together before they're married is because it becomes convenient. Well, you know, we're both paying rent separately or the commute that it is to see each other or whatever. Can I just tell you that living an obedient life to God will rarely be convenient, but it will always be worth it. I believe that, and it's 100%. You will be blessed for it. So good. Yep. Don't make me preach. Okay. Hey, What's our time? What did we get? Time? Come on. That was like seven, you guys are under three. Eight minutes? Wow. No, I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't check time. But that concludes for this year, maybe. Uh -oh. Until wow. next year.
five questions wow. in 50, 15, five fill-in-the-blank minutes. Some so minutes. we're going to go on into our pre-submitted questions. But before we get into the first one, um, I, I think this one, it's a, a submitted, not pre-submitted, but live submitted question that I think goes really well cool. with the first question. But it's this. It's an amazing question. I love seeing your guys' uh, submitted questions shows how, like, you guys want to grow. And we love it. Don't feel yeah. ever ashamed. There's never, I know I joked so. around about saying it was a dumb question, blah, blah, blah. But there's no dumb questions in regards to continually progressing in your walk with Christ, okay? Yeah. So Good. this is an amazing question right here. Tips on how to be the best friend you can be to someone you like. Wow. Oh, that's Tips on how to be the best friend you can oh. be to someone that you like. Yeah. That is a fantastic question. That is just, the whole room went, oh. Gosh, I really hope that that's like a sophomore or junior guy that submitted right that. Right <laughs> we'll give you his handle right now. No, we we'll also ask if no. he's single and if he's ready no, to mingle. No. Um, that's a great, great, great question. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll start by saying this. The, the most loving thing that you could do for anybody ever is to, is to propel them, motivate them, encourage them in their relationship with Christ. And so that's the number one best yeah. thing that you could do for anybody at all, and especially somebody who maybe you like, because I really think that if you end up in a relationship with somebody, the number one job that you have in their life is to propel and push them closer to God. It's to encourage them in their faith. It's to protect their calling. If at any point you become the distraction, you become the one that's getting in the way of their calling, you as a believer should say, hmm, I'm distracting you from your number one relationship with yeah. Jesus. I should remove myself from the equation. So yeah. that's where I'd start. Just encouraging them, propelling them, motivating them in their relationship with God. Yeah, you started with the most important thing. So from there, I wholeheartedly agree with that and would, would say that as well. But the second thing is I think you need to ask more questions and listen more. When you're not just talking about yourself all the time and like, yeah, I did this and me and me and me and me and me. You know, when you like... Just like, that's, you know, I don't know. It's kind of selfish. Guys, listen right now. <laughs> you should ask questions. Homeboys. Get to know what they like. And then maybe write some of those things down and, like, be like, hey, I got you some Skittles because you said you like Skittles, you know. Guys. But don't be weird about it. But, like, you know, listen more, get to know them, and actually listen. So that's, I think that's a big deal. What do you think, JJ? Oh, man. Ooh, uh, I think that be their friend to be their friend. Don't yeah. look at someone as a project. Yep. And the reason yeah. I'm saying that is because you want to love someone. If it, if it's truly um, from a, I'm, I, I don't like saying biblical standpoint, but really that's the way I think about it. It's like from a biblical standpoint of being a friend, um, you're not working on someone as a project where you're investing all your time to get something. I think yeah. the beauty of friendship and the beauty of loving someone is that you love someone so much and you love what God has for them so much that you're willing to push them towards it as much yeah. as possible, yep. even if you may not even be a part of that picture. I think that's the most beautiful thing because it's the most so freeing thing because I think too many times when we are want to be with somebody um, and we want to grow individually, we'll conform to the image of each other rather than individually yeah. conforming to the image of Christ and then coming together. And so that would be my um, irrelevant answer. I'm sorry. Ladies, if you are not already sold out to certain sports franchises, just sell out to his sports franchises, okay? And at one point, Amber said, I think I might want to be a Broncos fan. I said, excuse me? You realize that your husband is a Raiders fan and has been since birth. And she said, yeah, 
but I love Tim Tebow. And I was like, Tebow's not going to play for the Broncos I next year. I didn't understand she's that. Like, what? And she's like, okay, cool. Now she's diehard Raiders. Don't worry, Jaden. We dealt with not it. Not in a right? fake way. I genuinely was like, I want to decide. Yes. She I want to decide. She chose for herself. I told her the options but are I the Raiders or like the Raiders. But I literally was like a clean slate. Because you could root for the Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> the Oakland Raiders, or the Los Angeles Raiders. <laughs> totally up to you. Your choice. Yes, yes, yes. No, yes. I, I didn't grow up watching sports, so I was sort of a clean slate. So I was like, oh, yeah, we're watching football now. So, like, let me think of, like, what team I want to go for because I want to be a real fan and not, like, just no grab a team involved. that wins. Okay. And then I was like, Broncos. And then he was like, oh, players go all the time. Excuse and I'm like, oh, okay, me? never mind. All right, then. Uh, okay, let's go for the Raiders. Fun all fact, right. JJ doesn't talk about this a lot, but JJ is a Raiders fan as well. His Yay. whole family's Raiders fans. Yeah. So, As a Hispanic man, my, my parents, <laughs> you're born into being a Raiders fan. So it's in my, literally. Okay, first pre-submitted question that follows, I think, this great, uh, the best friend question. That was a great question. Um, it was. When do you know you're ready to date? Great question. This is maybe the question we get asked the most and is the most frequent as far as um, uh, when we do Q&A. When are you ready to date? I will start by saying this. You're ready to date when your parents say you're ready to date. Most unpopular youth pastor <laughs> response possible. But it's true, man. Don't exclude your parents from this portion of your life. With that said, I'm going to go over to that scripture I was telling you about earlier. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 11 says, He, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. If God's made it beautiful in its time, it provokes the thought that things outside of its time are not beautiful, a.k.a. junior high. Um, though, so even though, here's the thing about this question, though. I don't think that we can put a blanket statement on this question. I don't think that we could give a one-size-fits-all copy-and-paste type of response to this question um, because every individual is different and every situation is different. So here's a couple things. You might want to write these down. When you're ready to date, first, when your parents say you're ready to date, number, nobody wrote that down. <laughs> I, they're like, you've said it enough that we just know, Corey. We know that's where you're starting. Move on to number two. All right, number two is this. Um, when you and God are good and you don't need anybody else. When you're at a place where if you can confidently and, and truly say, if it were just me and Jesus for the rest of my life, I would be okay. That's what I say, number two. And then number three, this one uh, is a pretty big one as well. When you are not a chameleon, what does that mean? What does a chameleon do? It just blends in with, it, with its environment. Yeah. It becomes whatever it's surrounded by. When you get to a place and a space and a season of life where that's not you, you're not just a product of your environment. You don't simply become whoever you're surrounded by. When that's not how you're living your life, can I just tell you, like, most teenagers live their lives that way. Yeah. When that's not how you, you're living your life, whether you're in the room or watching online, I didn't forget about you online people. When that's not how you are, maybe you're ready to date. Because if that is how you're still living your life and you find yourself constantly becoming who you're surrounded by, you will become whoever it is that you get in a relationship with. And like JJ was saying a moment ago, you will conform into their image and you're called to conform into the image of Christ. Yeah, good stuff. I would add a number four to that. And number four would be when you don't have to hide the relationship from anyone. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people are like, well, I can't really tell, you know, 
my connect group leader because, like, oh, I don't know if they'd be so down with this. Or I can't tell my, you know, youth pastor. Or I can't tell my parents because they're going to be like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, when you can live in freedom with your relationship, then you're ready. Um, Yeah, and then another thing is I want you to write down this verse. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 18. I want you to write it down because when you believe this verse about yourself, then I feel like you're ready. And this verse says, it's talking about how God created us. He says, or um, it says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. When you believe that scripture about yourself and about your life and your relationship with God, then you're ready to date. Somebody say amen. Amen. That's good. That was a good response, man. can't believe I get to be married to you. Sheesh. JJ, move on. Hello. Okay. So uh, this is an amazing question because, like, just like a little background um, context for this question, um, so much of culture nowadays, especially with social media, TikTok, and all these things, um, I know we joke around about being a simp, um, but we do have a culture that is beyond, like, almost in love with hurt, and we glorify hurt and heartbreak, and it stops a lot of gentlemen and a lot of gentle women (laughs) from um, pursuing relationships because almost of anxiety and fear of being hurt before they, like, kind of giving up on love because of the outcomes. And so with this question, I want to start dating, and I know that I'm ready, but I'm nervous to get my heart broken. So what would you be your advice or your counsel to that? That's really good. Can can I connect a pre-submitted question to this? Because I think we can answer them at the same time. Somebody um, last week, and and I want to read it exactly how it was submitted and it's a, it's a really good question, and there's so much that we can, we're, we'll answer it fairly directly and quickly, but it really could deserve um, a longer conversation. So if this was your question, can I encourage you after service today, this is a lady, find one of our female leaders, chat with them. If yeah. this was from a guy, find a, um, find a male leader, chat with them, because this deserves more conversation, more in-depth and more individual conversation. But it was this, um, how do I cope with the loss of someone I was so, uh, with the loss of someone I was so emotionally attached to and deal with watching them begin new relationships and do things without me that I wish I could be a part of? Um, how do I stop missing them and looking at memories as a negative thing? And so somebody who's talking about, man, having been hurt in a relationship, let's just really quick for the sake of this will be fun and we can all like maybe cry together. Who's ever been hurt in a relationship? Come on, somebody. Lord, Aunt Murphy. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had a girlfriend one time break up with me. Wait a and minute. And then the next. Come on, bro. You're married, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then. She went and dated my not yet adopted bro- uh, brother. We adopted my best friend in the ninth grade. We were in the eighth grade. She broke up with me and then got with my best friend. Do be like that. Son of a gun. 
But, like, that's on him, too, okay? Like, that's bro code number one, all right? So here's the reality. We, we've all been hurt. Uh, first and foremost, as far as, like, you feel you're ready to date, this, this uh, question that just came in on Instagram, um, you feel you're ready to date, but you're afraid to be hurt. The Bible says, and, and I, have this, I have this verse in here uh, somewhere. It's in 1 John. I know that. It says that um, uh, real love, it casts out all fear. So if you're still scared to get into a relationship, then um, there is the possibility that you haven't yet fully um, embraced the true biblical definition of love because real love casts out all fear. You can step into real love confidently. Um, but the first thing you need to do is receive healing from God. Yes. You, you need to let God heal your heart. Um, you need to turn to God. You need to run to him, not away from him. Why is, it, why is it that we do this, you guys? Like, And I know I'm not the only one, for sure. Why is it that we make some decisions or we choose to get into a relationship, we go to pay, places, spaces, whatever, where we end up getting hurt? We get hurt. We hit rock bottom. And then we get mad at God, and then we go, like, our response to having been hurt is, oh, now I'm going to go sin. Like, it's so weird. Is it like, why is our response to hurt, I'm going to go sin? Like, I don't care. Forget it. I'm going to go sin now. I don't, like, I don't, I don't understand that. I, maybe it's just the human condition and our natural sin. Uh, sin is just naturally like our, you guys have to know this. I, I was talking to somebody um, recently, and they're sort of asking advice. And they're like, you know, I, I kind of want to, I don't want to prove to myself that I can be in an environment where sin is present and not choose sin. And I was like, no. Like, don't do that. <laughs> don't ever do that because we, our natural propensity, our natural instinct, our natural inclination, I could keep going with the big words, you guys. It is to lean towards sin. We naturally lean yeah. towards sin. We just do. So don't put yourself in those situations. But um, here's what I'd say um, about this uh, question we got last week as far as, you know, I'm, I'm, how do I get over this person I was so emotionally attached to? How do I, um, how do I, how do I, stop like seeing all the the things that they're doing now and want to be a part of them how do i stop like reflecting on these memories okay so first first things first um you're seeing them you know move on with life and maybe even get in a new relationship first stop watching them <laughs> stop watching them i don't know if you know this but if you go to somebody's instagram profile and you go to there's this like this little button on there and it says unfollow <laughs> like go click that button and I know that's like the biggest, like, that's the biggest betrayal that this generation can commit on another person in this generation. I don't care. Like, I have unfollowed a lot of people, okay? And it was, you unfollowed me. Yeah. Why would you do that? Because you wouldn't stop posting pictures in your bikini. And I only want to see my wife in a bikini. So, sorry, you can post whatever you want. I'm just not going to follow you. I'm not mad at you. I'm not upset. No, no way at all. It's just... She's the only one I want to see wearing that kind of stuff, okay? Um, go unfollow them. Stop watching them. You got to, like, start moving on with your life. Uh, you got to realize this. If there's anything behind you, it's because God has better stuff in front of you. If they're behind you, God has someone better ahead of you. And guess what? If the, the uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8 says, love never fails. If the relationship failed, then it wasn't love. Yeah. Easy to get over it now, right? Like, that wasn't true love? Cool. Then it's not what I want. So move forward. But first, you got to let God heal yeah. you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you have to also realize that the truest form of love that you'll ever find is that relationship with Christ and what he did for you 
personally. He got on that cross, and it wasn't just like a general thing. It was a very personal thing. It was for you whether you chose to follow him and accept that relationship or not, which is crazy. Like, that's crazy to think about. Jesus got on the cross. God had this plan, and he did it just for the chance that you might have relationship with him. I mean, that's incredible. And that's the truest form of love that we'll ever find. And, yes, we'll find amazing relationships in life and... (laughs) We'll find amazing friendships and, you know, marriages one day and, you know, dating relationships. We will find those things, and they'll be like gems. They'll be precious. They'll be so cool. Um, But the truest form of love you will find is in Christ and in what he did for you. So you get back to that. If you're hurting, get back to that, and he'll bring healing to your life. And also, you might have failed. The relationship might have failed either, you know, because of you, because of them, or whatever, a mix of things. But God did not fail. And like Corey said, he's got something good for you. Wait on him. Lean into him. Build that relationship. Keep him number one. And, uh, and things will work out. Things will work out. Process it. Be real. Process it. You don't have to be fake. Like, you know, we can sit in, you know, the hurt of it and processing it. But... Like JJ said, let's not sit in the hurt. Let's not be excited about the hurt and like, yeah, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Let me tell everybody. No, no, no. Process the hurt with the right people and then move forward. And tell somebody. Don't tell everybody. Mm. If if you're heartbroken, if you're hurt, tell somebody. Don't tell everybody. Tell a leader. Tell your connect group leader. Tell one of your brothers and sisters in Christ so that they can be keeping you in prayer. Don't, like, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, if Tumblr's still around, whatever, they are not your place and space to use them as an emotional outlet. Yeah. Because I know this is so tragic for you to hear, but pretty much nobody cares. Yeah. Like, they just don't. You know what they do when they see that? They go, <laughs> and they keep scrolling. You know what one of our leaders will do when you go to them? And you go, I just endured like... Yeah. Like, the worst heartbreak I've ever gone through. I don't know how to move forward. You know what they're going to do? They're going to look you in the eyes. They're going to take you by the hand after they've hand sanitized. Um, (laughs) They're going to pray for you. They're going to hurt with you. And then they're going to probably give you one or two things that you could do to begin to walk forward and move forward in your life. So, Great response. Thanks. Thanks, JJ. Appreciate that, buddy. Okay. I'm glad that we have pastors that answer questions that are relevant to what really happens in your guys' life, okay? So I'm grateful for that. This is another amazing, amazing question. I've never been in a healthy relationship. I want, thing, I want things to be different next time around. What can slash should I do? Wow, that's a great question. There's someone saying, like, I've, never, I've never been in a healthy relationship, so what, what can I do? What should I do? Um, uh, to kind of prepare, I guess. Um, I'll say this. If you don't want next time to be like last time, do something different in the meantime. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Write that down if you need to. If you don't want next time to be like last time, do something different in the meantime. Because so many people just do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. And some call that the definition of insanity. So, man, you got to do something different in the meantime, aka don't look for the right person. Become the right person. You got to become the right person. Work on you. Work on your relationship with God. Um, Here's a couple things really quick if you want a healthy relationship. You want to be, and I think my battery might be dying, tech team. Is it? No, my battery's great. Never mind. Um, Here's a couple things if you want a healthy, godly relationship. 
Number one, Amber already alluded to this earlier, don't hide it. Don't hide your relationship. Don't hide your relationship from your parents. If ladies, if some, all the ladies say, hey, come on, that's one of my favorite things in the whole world to do as a preacher. Uh, if he wants you to hide the relationship from your parents, it's a no-no. That's a huge red flag. Um, don't hide your relationship from your parents. Include them, talk to them, get their advice. Don't let the enemy trick you into thinking that if you hide the relationship from your parents, it will lead to you having all types of freedom. No, 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 no. It will be the opposite because you'll always have to be hiding. So there'll be so many things that you can't do and you can't talk. You can't post about it. You can't talk to certain people about it because it'll get back to your parents. You so quickly actually don't have any, any freedom. And then guess what? When you get, everybody say when. when. Come on, say when. When. When you get caught because moms are like crazy and they know everything and when your mom's yelling at you and then she closes the door and walks out the room and you're like jerk she comes back is like what was that and you're like I didn't even say it I thought that and she knew like that's moms like the Holy Spirit talks to your mom like you have no idea and the Holy Spirit will snitch on you okay he will if it's what's best for you the Holy Spirit will snitch on you and he'll tell your mom and she'll know and then you'll get caught and when you get everybody say when when you get caught, what little freedom you thought you had by hiding this is now gone completely. Yeah. Man, there's a, there's a young man in this room who uh, had been in a relationship, and man, every step of the way, every step of the way, he not only is meeting with me. I can't tell you how many times I bought this guy in Taza and Rival Coffee as we talked about relationship. He asked every bit of advice, and every time he sat down, he'd be like, and here's what my parents said. Now, I know. This guy, his parents, both of them are believers. One of them used to be a pastor. They are godly, healthy, great people of faith. And maybe you don't have that. God can provide it for you right here in the body in the church. So number one, don't hide it. Number two, be patient. Don't jump into things quickly. Time is on your side. Number three, listen to your leaders and accept your faults. If a leader of yours, a God voice that God's put in your life says, this is, you need to shape up in this area, accept it. Be like, man, I'm not perfect and I'm going to embrace my imperfections and grow. Four, stop trying to be like everybody else. You don't even like everybody else. Okay, like, oh, I want a relationship just like them. No, you don't. You don't want a relationship like everybody else. You want something unique, one in a million. I know you do because everybody does. Well, if you want... If you want a relationship like nobody has, you have to be willing to do what basically nobody else is doing, okay? And the last thing I'll say is this. Trust God more than your emotions. Everybody say amen. Trust God more than your emotions. Didn't mine go out? Oh, okay, there. No, there good. it is. I'm here. Okay, so I think that if you're wanting to do things different this time, I think the best place to start is to ask God to help you. I know that's kind of simple, but I think a lot of people forget to like, hey, God, like, I want to do this right. Lead me in the right way. Like, lead me in the right way. You know, guide me in this, like, journey, like, of finding somebody. And I think that's the place you should start. And letting, you know, healthy, godly, older people into your life to just help you kind of walk out some things. And then, you know, living, I wrote down living freedom, not hiding. I know we've talked about that a lot tonight. Um, there's a reason for that. God, God wants somebody to hear that. So, um, you know, be open and honest. Um, be committed to having, you know, deep honesty about, you know, all the things. And take your time, like Corey said. Take your time. But if you're going to do this relationship right, you can't be fake about it. Like, it's going to end pretty fake. 
if you're fake about the relationship, you know, or if you're hiding it, all these things. So don't let it be surface level, but take your time with it. You know, you need to guard your heart. And I think, to be honest, I think the way that you kind of fall into love, it's not like, oh, I just like fell into love. I think you, you know, the Bible talks about guarding our heart. And I, I see that with relationship in that as we kind of let down our guard in certain areas and we're deep and honest with people, we grow in love with those people and we grow in intimacy with those people. And that's sort of how you kind of fall in love, but you should be taking your time with that. But um, it shouldn't be surface level stuff, you know, if you want to do it right. And, and you practically, you should be, you know, in a place where you feel like maybe like three to five years we could get married. So if you're not even there, like just chill out, hang out there, hang out with God, hang out with your friends, hang out with yourself, like do your thing. And, and don't stress about it. And because our culture, especially for girls, it's like, we, you know, I remember being in a place where I'm like, I just want to be in a relationship. I want to hold hands. And I want to, like, do all the cute things. And I want to, like, go to the movies and, like, Thought go out on says, dates. If that's how I held your hand for the first time, <laughs> like, you would have broke up with me. <laughs> like, Probably. can I hold your hand? That's so awkward. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> but, you know, we, we have oh, these, God. like... Oh, I just want that. It's like, okay, that's great. And you'll have an amazing relationship with someone one day. But, like, don't mess that one day up because of all these, like, you know, random relationships you jump into because you want the feeling of all those things. And your feelings will lie to you. Feelings are cool, but feelings totally lie to you. So you have to be on track with God. Let him kind of center you out and, like, lead you and guide you in this. So Super good. Really quick, just because this came to mind as you were talking about this. Uh, She's, Amber started talking about the idea of like, you know, when, you, when you're going to get into a relationship, you sort of, you open yourself up, you have to become vulnerable, all of this. Um, now here's the thing. Uh, there's two ways in which I see this. Number one, like your heart is extremely precious and extremely valuable and of the highest of worth. Yeah. So much so that, that there was somebody who gave their life on a cross and, spent, and, and endured the most brutal of deaths to purchase it. And so, number one, uh, you wouldn't ever give, like, you know, you wouldn't give a, a $10,000 vase, not vase, but vase, to a toddler. Why? Because they're going to drop it and break it. Be careful who you give your heart to. Okay? Yes. Um, the next thing is kind of going almost against that analogy is, yeah. oh, what should you do? Well, if you don't want... If you don't want next time to be like last time, do something different in the meantime. One of the things you can do in the meantime is build what's called resilience. Everybody say resilience. resilience. Come on, now ball up your fist and say resilience. resilience. We are living in a culture that does not build resilience. Yeah. Here's what we cannot do. Here's what I as your youth pastor, you as your parents, and nobody can do. Nobody on planet Earth can protect you from every bit of hardship, heartache, and heartbreak you could ever endure. No, we cannot protect you from it. In fact, it will happen. It will happen. Well, what about, you know, no, but if I give my life to God, it's all like rainbows and butterflies and unicorns, and right? Because that's what it means to be a Christian. No, no, understand this, that the, the foundation in the beginning of our faith is that the worst thing ever happened to the best person ever. Man, we are going to face hardship. Yeah. Can't protect you from it. I wish I could, but I just can't. You know what we can do? We can build some resilience. Yeah. We can make it to where our heart is not glass. Our heart is not all fragile. And the first person who pokes it, we're just going to shatter and fall apart. No, no, we're strong. We're yeah. anchored. Yeah. We're anchored in the gospel. We're yes. anchored in Christ. We're anchored in who yes. God says that we are. So then all of a sudden, if you are getting into a relationship, make or break, no, no, there is no break. Yeah. You're going to be fine yeah. because you and God are okay. 
you can build some resilience. One more time, everybody say resilience. 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 Great answers. This is two and one. They're actually quite opposite, but I think this is a, this might be a hard question to answer, just because I've never really heard anybody ask this type of question. Uh -oh. But it's a great question, All right. and it's definitely re relevant to more so the gentlemen in the room, Stabu. But so two questions in one, completely opposite. What if I get friend zoned? <laughs> Second, how do you know you're truly in love with the person? <laughs> Wait. Alright, just because this is so fun. Who has ever been friend zoned before? Come on, I'm watching you online. You've been friend zoned? Hang in there. Oh gosh, hang in there. Um, dude, that is such a that's a such a good question. Okay. Uh you should let me just say this. You should be, both of you should be in the friend zone for a while. Yeah. You should be you should be great friends before you ever consider dating. Okay, because I know a lot of guys who have been married for 10 years and they don't really like hanging out with their wives. And they're always talking about, bro, let's do guy trips, man. Like, let's go on some guy trips, dude. And I'm like, huh, awesome. Can we bring our wives? I don't want to go hang out, like, without my wife. Like, that sounds like the lamest thing in the world. Not to mention guys trips are usually like, dude, let's go, like, fishing. I don't want it. Fishing's kind of like our version of alien abduction. You know what I mean? Think about it. Think about it. Also, it's like, let's go hunting. I'm like, hunt? You guys are tripping out about that alien abduction thing, huh? This is a crazy, these are the crazy thoughts of Corey that don't come out when he preaches. It only comes out in unstructured Q&As. Think about it. We are the aliens, and we're like abducting these things. And then catch and release? Are you serious? What? <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You mean I'm going to wait around all day, hours upon hours upon hours. I have to be really, really quiet and very still because somehow these fish are stupid enough to grab a hook. But they're so smart that they can feel the sonar-like reflections in the water. And then at one point, it's going to bite the hook. I'm going to reel that sucker in, pull it on board. It's going to be this big, like, woohoo, yay. I'm going to get a picture with it. And then I have to throw it back? This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my whole life, okay? No, not about it. Also, let's go hunt. I don't want to hunt. I don't want to go hunting. I want to hunt for deals at the mall, okay? I want new shoes. Hunting is, you want me to kill something for fun? You weirdo, okay? I get it. It's an American pastime. You do you, Idaho. There's people from Idaho who watch our, <laughs> our live stream every week, okay? Not, not for me. Guys always want to go do things that where, like, you can't shower, I shower twice, sometimes three times a day, okay? Not about it. But I know guys who don't even want to hang out with their wives because they never spent time getting to know them and just being their friends. So friend zone first. Also, guys, if you are, I don't know what to tell girls if you get friend zoned. Guys, if you get friend zoned, here's my advice to you. Um, initially, up front, bro, if she's worth it, don't give up, all right? Don't, don't just be like, oh, well, friend zone. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll just. Now, you know? I will just go play Xbox now. <laughs> so we'll just, no. Are you kidding? Be a man. That hurt. Be a man. All right. <laughs> you, you pull up your britches. <laughs> pull up your britches. You'll be like, hey, you know, I'm okay with being your friend right now, but I'm not gonna be okay with being your friend forever. Because that's not my intention, okay? 
Now, if she continues to friend zone you, back off, dude. Don't be a weirdo, okay? Do not stalk her. Don't keep pursuing, you know? Give it like a couple weeks, tops. Like, don't give up for a couple weeks and then just give up, okay? Because she friends zones, you got to honor and respect her decision and back the heck off, okay? That's the best that I could probably give. Yeah, I think if you're, if you get friend zoned, if you, if your intention was to just be friends like JJ was talking about earlier, like with no intention, not, okay, no intention, okay, oh, let me, let me think about how I'm going to say this, because you need to respond well. As a Christian, we need to respond differently. We don't respond with like, oh, now I'm going to totally like shut you out of my no. life, tell other people to shut you out of don't their life. Don't blame it on God either. Yeah, God yeah. told me it's a no. They're going to be like, oh, God well, sucks then. Yeah, I know. It puts it all on God. Don't it's blame like, it okay. on God, okay? Don't blame it yeah. on God. Yeah, Respo- like respond to that well. And like Corey said, you know, like don't totally give up. But then there's a point where it's like, okay, responding well means you need to actually back off. <laughs> and you need to be respectful. And, um, and I think it goes both ways. It could go either way with girls and guys. But I think you need to respond well. I think that is super important. And as a believer, that's a way that we can show that we love people well is by responding to them well. And we're not all like upset and then, sh- you know, kind of like shut them out of everything and like kind of be rude to them. It's like. Because then you're just confirming the fact that they made yeah. the right decision in friend zoning yes. you. Yeah. So like, live in such a way where they start questioning, like, wait, why did I do that? Maybe I should. They're really cool. Maybe I shouldn't yeah. friend zone them. So, yeah. Can I just, hey. before we move on to the second part of that question, can I just say this? Guys, all the gentlemen in the room, on the count of three, all the gentlemen go, hey, one, two, three. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, gentlemen, the best thing that you can do before you ask her out, go ask her dad. If you can ask her out. That's right. And then tell him, if you say no, I will oblige. <laughs> okay? Go ask her parents first. And I know most of you in this room just said, heck no, baby. <laughs> like, do it. I promise you this. I promise you this. You will be blessed because of it. Now, the second half of that question was, how do you know if you truly love a person? How do you know if you are truly in love with a person? I'll say this. Love is a choice, yeah. not a feeling. Now, there's a lot of emotions and feelings that come along with that equation, um, but in our culture, our culture elevates chemistry over commitment. Yeah. Say that again. Our culture elevates chemistry yeah. over commitment. That's why so many people give up on their commitment when the chemistry dies. Yeah. Oh, we fell out of love. You can't fall out of love. You can choose not to love because yeah. love is a choice. Yeah. And in 1 Corinthians 13, when the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, decides to explain and describe love, he gives a bunch of stuff that all come down to choices and decisions that you make. So every morning, I wake up and I decide to love my wife. And then all the feelings come along with that. That my feelings follow my decisions. Yeah. But here's what I'll tell you to do. Um, I, I'll actually... Um, I'm going to give you, not, I don't want to call it homework, son of a gun, not homework. I'm going to challenge you to dig into the word and to search God's word for the definition of love on your own. Uh, get your pens ready. If you, if you have your notes app, open your notes app. I'm going to give you, uh, I think, six Bible verses I want you to go read. And then this will just lead you to other verses. Uh, it will lead you to all these other verses as well. These are some great places to start as far as learning the definition of love. First, Famous verse, famous love verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 8. All right, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. 1 John 4, 7 to 19. 1 John 4, 7 to 19. 
Here's another one. John 15, verse 13. John 15, verse 13. Next is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 and 3. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3. Next is Romans 12, 9 and 10. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Last is famously known as the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. You might say, Corey, that, uh, I know the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, and self-control. Yes, I have them memorized. Don't be intimidated, you guys. I'm a pastor, preacher. I went to Bible college. It's all good. Um, you might be like that's, not, like, that's not a definition of love. No, but it's the perfect definition of how you could love others. So those are a great place to start. I want to challenge you. You go scour the word of God. You go do your research and check out what God's word has to say about the definition of love. So good. So good. Yeah, I agree with everything. Um, and it's great that you gave them scriptures because they can go back and check on their own instead of just reading them out to you. But um, I think, you know, you... How do you know that you're in love? I think you make a choice to open up the deeper parts of your life, and then the other person does as well. And so, again, like Corey was talking about it being a choice, I think you sort of choose to sort of open up those deeper parts. And you should take your time with that, obviously, because the deeper, you know, you open yourself up, the deeper you grow in intimacy, you know. And so you should take your time on things and be patient. And when, as you read those scriptures, you'll you'll see what God says about how the timing of it and and how to really walk that out. And so, yeah, I think the best thing you could do is read God's word and really let him speak to you. Hmm? Cool beans. Good answers. Cool, cool beans, beans, cool beans. Cool, 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 cool beans. All right, six. Question number. Stop it. Okay. What, oh, this is a deep question. This is a good question. What can you do to de-escalate a relationship that is getting too close to sexual sin. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give a question that like, uh, a response that nobody is gonna like. You know the best way that you can de-escalate a relationship that's getting too close to sexual sin? Tell your parents. That'll de-escalate it real quick. <laughs> it really, really, really will. Oh, man. And some of you are like, that's not happening. Like, okay, well, I'm going to quote Michaela Galloway from a couple weeks ago on the panel and say, hey, do something desperate and yeah. do something extreme to your sin before yes. your sin does something extreme to you. Yeah. Really good way that you could de-escalate that, go tell your parents, yo, uh, probably getting too close to that uh, that line called sexual sin with my boyfriend, girlfriend. They'll help you de-escalate that real quick, all right? Um, yeah, <laughs> now for 99% of the room that just committed in their heart and their mind and in their very soul that that's not happening, um, I'll move on to this. Get accountability. Man, go yeah. talk to somebody. I'll tell you this. There's nobody, none of our leaders in this room, if you bring this up and say, I'm struggling in this way, none of them are going to go, oh my gosh, I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> No other teenager of all the hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of teenagers who have flooded through Bridge Youth, has, none of them have ever brought up anything like that to me. No, they're not going to do that. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to get mad at you. Nothing. They'll, they'll, they'll really just walk you through how you can de-escalate that. Um, you can set up some really, really, really strong boundaries, okay? Boundaries such as never be alone. Don't be in one-on-one -on -one private situations ever. That'll help de-escalate it. You can take a break from the relationship. You can say, hey, 
we're going to press pause on this, and we're probably not even going to talk for a certain amount of time. Maybe it's a couple weeks. Maybe it's a couple months. Um, and then the last thing you could do is you could break up. That's the end of my response. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> I like how you left that one. Proverbs 24, 16 says, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. I think the best way you can de-escalate that is bring up a conversation, have the courage to bring up the conversation like, hey, we've gone too far. Because a lot of believers at relationships, you know, start to get too far and then they just don't say anything. Just get up. Get right with God and tell your person about it. Like, hey, like, this is not what we committed to, and right. it's going to happen. Like, no one is perfect in this really, room. Really quick, because yeah. you're, you are on such a, such a good uh, uh, topic right now, and my yeah. mind didn't even go here. But yeah. talk about boundaries early and yes. often. Don't assume just because they're a Christian and you're a Christian that mm-hmm. you guys both have the same level of boundaries, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about it early and often. Uh, I wrote a – I wrote – actually, I, I asked Amber's mom and stepdad if I could – date her before I ever asked her. I wrote them a letter, actually, and Amber's mom still has that letter to this day. And in that letter, I told them, my intentions towards your daughter are, I want to date her, but we're going to wait until marriage. I want you to know that those are my intentions to your daughter. And we had conversations both with us and with our youth pastor, and I even had conversations with her parents. How awkward. Um, We said, this is my intention. This is a boundary. This is what we have set up. Don't assume because they're a Christian that just because, look, just because you're in a church don't make you a Christian. Just because you're in a garage doesn't make you a car, okay? Like, don't assume that people are going to walk out the same boundaries that you are. So talk about that before you ever even get into a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the reason I say that is out of experience. When Corey and I were dating, you know, we had our youth pastor. We talked to him first. We waited. We prayed for you know, we became friends for like six months and we like took it slow and we did this relationship different than any other relationship we ever had. Um, And so there were moments in the two and a half years that we dated where we started to compromise some of those boundaries that we had set from the beginning. And so I remember us like kind of not saying anything because it's like, oh, like, you know, I don't know if I should, this is, you know, it feels great. And like, this is, we're, you know, we're growing in, in relationship and in intimacy. So it's like, it's easy to go to those places. And I remember, you know, sometimes Corey would be like, hey, like, we got to slow down and we have to really talk about what just happened and like why we're going that direction when we talked about not going that direction. And so I say that out of experience, have the courage to step up and be like, hey, we didn't say we would commit to this in our relationship. Let's back up. Yeah. It's hard to do that. Because it was hard for us to even do that. So, But you I can said, do it. I said, babe. You can do it. I'm in front of our youth pastor as he asked us, what do you guys think we should do? And I said, Amber, we shouldn't make out. <laughs> Straight up. That's, that's, what, that's what it was. We were like, yep. and like, we just don't feel like this is an area and a place and a space in our relationship where we're honoring yeah. God. So let's it, not make out. It led us to bad places. So we 100%. had to make that decision. It was awkward. Somebody it was asked weird. last week, is kissing but, a sin? That's a good question. It's yeah. a really good question. For us, it was. It was leading to places that, and and, uh, places and spaces that for us, we knew this was not honoring God in our relationship. But we went to our youth pastor. We got accountability. So, yeah. Sweet. Um, We're going to do two more questions as, uh, I don't know who's on the keyboards tonight, but if they can head up. I believe Iris is. Yes, if you can come and just. If you could come and play your best cover of Bohemian Rhapsody, that would be fantastic. (laughs) Thank you so much. 
Come help this sound way more spiritual, Iris. <laughs> so we're going to just do um, a simple question. Oh, my goodness, my iPad is acting up. But um, As long as you don't start acting up. Come on. Oh, you bad, you bad. <laughs> Did I tell you about this man? He is bad. No, okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. We have fun here. Caster's <laughs> nose. Uh, so this is like a simple question. I think it has a simple answer, but... I think to someone maybe who is a new believer mm-hmm. or to someone, um, yeah, someone who's a new believer, maybe even in a relationship, I think it can go along the lines of like when you meet someone you like, but they're not yeah. a believer. And so what do you do? Um, maybe you've been in, and I'm going to switch a little bit around and make it a little bit more contextual. But if you're in a relationship with someone and you became a believer and they're not a believer, mm-hmm. that or second, if mm-hmm. your boyfriend or girlfriend just simply isn't yeah. a believer in God, maybe the dangers of it or what is the tension that occurs from that? Yeah, no, that's really good. Uh, you will, you'll absolutely, um, you will find yourself at many crossroads and many points of contention if you're a believer and the person you're in a relationship is not a believer. You could go to a lot of different scriptures. One famous scripture that talks about being unequally yoked. Um, yoked does not have anything to do with an egg yoke. It was a piece of farming equipment that you put over two cattle or oxen so that they could together walk with the plow. And, and in that way, you know, when you get in a relationship with someone, you're essentially, a yoke was like this, boom, so it's like you're yoked. And now you can't go in different directions. So, babe, we're going to stand up for this illustration. Right. <clears throat> Let me pull up my britches. Oh, um, when you're yoked to somebody, you walk through life with them. And you, you can't go in different directions. You are going in because you're yoked together. This is why Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because what happens when you get in a relationship with Jesus you take his yoke upon you and a yoke was shaped like you ever draw like a little like a stick figure bird you know there's like two little boop boop that's how a yoke was shaped and one goes on this side and one goes on this side so you get yoked together when you're in a relationship with Jesus when you're yoked when you're in a relationship with someone you get like yoked with them that's why it says don't be unequally yoked so unequally yoked is when they would have a, a, someone would try to put a baby oxen with a really strong, huge oxen. And what would happen is that huge oxen would just pull this baby oxen in circles. And now all of a sudden your life is just going in circles. It's directionless, right? So when you yoke yourself to somebody in a relationship and they're not a believer, you will inevitably go like this. Hey, on Wednesday, just so we have room so we don't fall off the stage. Uh, it's Wednesday night. I'm a believer. I go to Bridge Youth. Let's go this way. They're going to be like, no, let's go to the movies. And you're like, oh, man, like, no, like Bridge Youth. I was, oh, gosh. Oh, man, Spider-Man 47. Okay, we're watching Spider-Man 47 in the movies. Like, you'll be like, hey, um, you know, uh, we're going to wait until marriage. And they're like, oh, I don't believe that. You see, you're yoked together. You get pulled in different directions. And so, thank you, baby. You appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> What a great illustration. <laughs> Joke's on you. It was just my excuse to flirt with my wife and put my arm on it. Uh, <laughs> JJ said, oh, that's how you flirt? Let me take some notes. <laughs> He's like, biblical illustrations is how you, okay. Um, you know, you yoke, you yoke yourself to somebody. And, and when you yoke yourself to someone who doesn't have the same beliefs as you, honestly, they'll, they'll end up pulling you in a direction that you just don't want to go. Now, for those of you in the room, because we have a lot of people at Bridge Youth here and online who you don't, 
you don't consider yourself a person of faith or, or you don't consider yourself a Christian, and, um, but you call this place home because you love the people, you love the community, and we love you, and you're every bit a part of our family. It's not fair for you either. This isn't, we're not, it's not a hypocrisy by any means. Like, no, no, it's not fair for you either. Because if you, if you get in a relationship with a believer, you guys grow up, you get engaged, you get married, guess what that Christian's going to do? They're going to say, hey, we're going to give 10% of all of our income to the church because we just believe biblically that that's what God calls you to do. Now someone's telling you to give 10% of all of your money to something you don't believe in? That's not fair to you. So this isn't a double standard. We're saying, man, like, if you're a believer and an unbeliever, your lives are probably just going in a little bit of different direction, okay? Like, if you're, if you're a really good, ba- if you want to be a really good basketball player, you don't go ask Tiger Woods to help you with your free throw. Oh, no, you ask Connor, all right? He'll help you. Like, that's what you do. You, basketball players, you got to hang out with basketball players, right? That's what, and believers, you want to get closer to God. You want to be a stronger believer. You do life and you yoke yourself with yeah. other believers. So that's what I'd say about that. If if you get saved in the process and they're not saved, I don't it's such a specific question and it's all up to the individual situation. I don't want to give it a blanket statement, but I will say probably there might be um, a break that needs to take place. So um, if they're not a believer, do not try to date them as your way to get them saved. It's not your responsibility. So invite them to church, be their friend, don't become their girlfriend or their boyfriend, like Jay was saying, so that they're your project. No, don't do that. Yeah, and maybe you started a relationship not really realizing the importance of dating a, another believer or having these standards. And you're like, wow, like after this series, I'm like rethinking a lot of things. And there's so much grace in that. God has so much grace for your life and your relationship. And so I think what's important if you're like, okay, I, I never really thought that I shouldn't date a believer or I never even thought I should date someone that like pushed me towards God. Like we don't even talk about God and I didn't think that was, they're a nice person. They're a, a, a good person. They're, they're sweet to me or whatever. I think that represents a lot of, you know, students in the room. And I think, you know, Corey said, take a break. I think if, if God has given you that knowledge throughout this series or, you know, throughout moments, whether it was in the series or just like God moments that you had during the week or through other people or whatever, I think you need to have the courage to say, hey, like, I know we sort of started this thing where I never really talked about God, but like, I've really been hearing from God and I've really been growing in that relationship. You know, can we, can we revisit like, some of the boundaries we placed in our relationship? Can we, you know, are you willing to come to church and are you willing to just like have moments with God and, you know, start to talk about God and have the courage to do that? And and God could do something so amazing with that um, when we begin to step out in our faith in a genuine way and we're not, you know, just coming to church and not talking about it during the week and not living it out during the week. And so God's grace is there. Like if you're like, I just didn't know. Well, yeah, there was a lot of things that we just didn't know. We didn't grow up in the church. And there were so many things that we were like, God, I didn't even realize like we needed to do it that way. And God stepped in with his grace and his love and walked us through that. But we had to take a step of faith. We had to start talking about our faith and living it out genuinely. We had to tell people about it. We had to invite people into this thing and, and really walk it out um, in an honest way. And so that's what I would encourage you to do is maybe you need to switch things up and really be honest about what God's been speaking to you in, in this season. So. Yeah, that's great. And I just want to uh, say something real quick, too, about that because that's something that, like, Part of my testimony is like dealing with something like that, but I just want to say that there will be a natural tension that occurs 
first, but secondly, there's nothing greater that you can share with a significant other, not just um, than your mutual love for one another, but your mutual love for Christ. And as long as, if you're truly a believer, and I, sorry, I don't mean that in a legalistic way, but if Jesus really is the foundation of your life, and you truly want to know God, and you truly want to love him, and you're truly pursuing more and more to progress, um, if that other person doesn't share that want, it will bug you, just naturally. It will. And it'll become a problem, and you can hide it, you can run away from it, you can dread it, but destiny always arrives. <laughs> no, I'm playing. But really, though, like, there's nothing greater you can share. And I'm just even to answer real quick the how do you know if you're in love with someone? It's funny because, like, I'm not married or anything, but I realize, like, for me, with that real quick, when you look at another girl or a guy and you look at them and you look at the biblical principles of husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, when you can look at a girl and say, I want to glorify God in the way that I love this girl, I think that's when you know you're truly in love with someone. Because you're taking self out of the equation and putting Christ as the focus. Last thing I'll say before we move on to this last question there is, man, like, like we joke and we mess around and stuff, but like 11 years going on 12 years of marriage here. Um, it's phenomenal. That, that pause was in no way of like, all right, guys, clap, hurry up. <laughs> um, we've been, we've been uh, dating for 15 years. Um, the, the coolest, most adventurous, most phenomenal part about this is getting to serve God together. Dude, like, if you, if you as a believer don't have that in a relationship, like, long-term in your life, in your future marriage, I promise you this, you are robbing yourself and possibly that person of so much joy and so much adventure because there is nothing more amazing than, than just serving God and pursuing Jesus hand in hand with my wife. There's nothing more phenomenal. There's nothing more attractive than seeing her serve Jesus, seeing her worship times of worship. Yes, I check out my wife during worship. It does happen. Like, there's nothing more attractive than that. And man, like, you will rob yourself of such adventure if you yoke yourself to somebody who does not carry the same passion for Jesus that you carry. Yeah. Let's go into our last question of the night and the last Q&A, what you know about love question of the year. And it is this. Why is it that so many mess up, hurt others, get hurt, and cause damage when it comes to relationships? I'll keep my answer simple. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. I heard somebody say recently, stop getting mad at messy people for being messy. And it's true. First off, I think that so many people hurt others is because we have naturally, we were built. It's like, it's coded in our very DNA that we have God needs. We have big spiritual needs. Let me be so cliche and so like, like cheesy for a moment. You have a God-shaped puzzle piece on your heart that only God can fill. And so many people hurt others just because they grab other puzzle pieces, other people, and they try to make them fit into that God-shaped puzzle piece, ultimately 
causing damage, hurting. Because what happens in that? What happens is because you're not allowing God to meet those God needs, you're trying to get people to meet God needs, a.k.a. be God in my life. And that will always lead to destruction. That will always lead to hurt. I'll close with this. First John chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. If you don't know God, you don't know love. And to try to love without first knowing God is like quite literally getting the cart before the horse. If you want a beautiful love life, make God the love of your life. You'll never be right with a mate until you're right with your maker. And the reality is, and you've heard us say it so many times in this series, if God is not enough, no person ever will be. For some of you in this room, some of you watching online, you have been looking for love in all the wrong places. And in so many ways, you have found yourself heartbroken, feeling empty, feeling lost. I know that there's some people in this room who, who you've, you've lied, laid awake, laid awake, laid, you have been in your bed in this position, not sleeping at night, and this thought's gone through your mind. There just has to be more to life. There is. His name's Jesus. There is. God is real. And the only way in which you will walk into all the beauty of life is by first getting into relationship with him. John 10.10 says, the thief, the enemy, Satan, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, this is Jesus talking, he says, I have come that you may have life and that you would live life to the fullest. Another version says that you would have life more abundantly. So for those of you in this room that you've searched for love and you found yourself left and right just feeling empty like something is missing, I'm the voice that God sent tonight to tell you that something that is missing is a relationship with Jesus. And you might be sitting here saying, okay, I want that relationship then, Corey. How, how, can, I, how can I enter into the relationship? How can I start that? Like, how can we kickstart this thing? How can I begin? You're going to have that opportunity right now. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Team, change the atmosphere of the room. Christians praying. Right now, if that's you, you felt that. As I'm talking through that, you've literally, you've literally been awake at night thinking that same thought. You felt those empty feelings inside, and, and your heart is beating right now. Can I tell you, that is the Holy Spirit, and you're about to have an eternal shifting moment and decision. I made this decision when I was 15 years old. JJ made it when he was 16, sitting in this room. You're going to have the opportunity right now to give your life to Jesus and begin a relationship with God. Here's how we start this. We start this journey in a really simple way with words that we say from our mouth that we believe in our hearts. But first, I'm going to ask you to do something extremely brave and courageous. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift a hand and put it right back down if that's you. I just ask you to lift your hand because I believe that when, when we respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, it solidifies it in our hearts and in our lives and in our souls. 
So whether you're here or you're watching online, respond in this way. If you want to give your life to Jesus, when I get to three, just throw your hand in the air, put it right back down. Here we go. This is your moment. One, two, three, go. Amen. Man, hands went up everywhere. You can put it right back down. Hey, we're going to pray together. I know that some of you who just raised your hands and some of you watching online, you're like, I've never prayed. How are we going to pray together? Don't worry. It's just talking to God. And actually, I'm going to give you the words. And, and I'm just going to ask that right out loud that you would just repeat these words after me. This isn't religious or ritualistic. The Bible just says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, then we'll be saved. So that's all that we're doing right now. Would you repeat this right after me? We're a family, so we pray together whether you raised your hand or you didn't. Let's out loud pray this together as a family. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Can we welcome people into God's family right now? Man, I'm so proud of you. That is the best decision that you can make with your life. We're concluding service right now. I know we've gone late, but... um. If you just raise your hand, you just prayed that prayer, know this, we are a family. Welcome to the family, and you don't have to walk this journey alone. In fact, we want to walk it with you. So we've put together something called The Next Seven Days. They're just videos where we're going to answer some of the questions you might have. When I first got saved, I was like, what? did I just get myself into? I had so many questions. These videos, it's me on these videos that answer some of your questions. I promise you this, it will bless you. We feel like it's our obligation to get these to you and to help you in, in the next week of your faith journey. So you're probably thinking, how can I get this? Super easy. Just go to our Instagram, at bridgeYTH underscore, and DM us the words next seven, and we'll handle the rest. One more time, can we welcome people into God's family? Amen. Hey, as we leave today, um, I had this like super serious word from God last week and, and um, I started crying before we left and I didn't know how to like say goodbye with tears in my eyes. And, and I have this quick word that I feel like God uh, wants me to share with you tonight as well, which is this. Hey, if you've messed up, if you, if, you've, if you made some mistakes, you're not a failure. God loves you. He's forgiven you. Just move forward and walk in all that he has for you. Amen. Hey, we love you so much, Bridge Youth. Don't miss next week, the conclusion of this series. I'll be preaching. We'll see you Sunday morning, 9.30 and 11.30 for church. We love you guys so much.